Let's welcome on and say hello to Chip Patterson, Cover 3 podcast. Love what those guys do, also CBS Sports. He's joining us on heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. Thank you guys for being here as always. Chip, great to have you on. Uh, Let's start off with this. If you look at where this Big 12 conference has been through about half the season, what is the one word you would use to summarize it thus far? Can I break the rules, please? Yes. Because I got a good answer. Okay. Crabs in a bucket. (laughs) Crabs in a bucket because all of – there are so many teams that would like to challenge Oklahoma. There are so many teams that have either a combination of high preseason expectations or, as we sit here at the midseason point, um, some surging confidence based on the way that things have gone in the first seven weeks of the season. But yet – I look at all of these teams, like an Oklahoma State team, uh, an Iowa State team, Texas, Baylor, and I just don't think any one of them is going to be able to separate from each other, and I think it will be losses to each other, which sends us down a path where Oklahoma has uh, very little challenge in terms of making the Big 12 championship game and then eventually does what Lincoln Riley has done so well, which is win the rematches in Dallas to win the Big Ten championship. And so, you know, when we're always trying to make sense of that that bloated middle and trying to separate it into all the different tiers of, you know, who's going to finish five and four, who's going to finish four and five, uh, what I found really interesting and a little bit unique about the 2021 season is that none of the teams behind Oklahoma can really jump out. And I, I understand I'm saying this as we're speaking right now, with a zero in the loss column of the Oklahoma State Cowboys, but I'm also talking about a team that is in the top ten undefeated and a touchdown underdog heading into week eight. So my Big 12 analysis so far is that it sure looks like a crabs-in-a-bucket type situation in the standings. So why are you not? Is it is it Caleb Williams, or did you feel this way before Caleb Williams that, that leads you to believe that nobody else in this conference can upend the Sooners? Caleb Williams. Um, And that is a conversation that on the Cover 3 podcast goes back to the summer. You know, like Tom Fernelli called his shot first, so I got to give credit where credit's due. But we have been uh, just, you know, wondering aloud based on things that we've been hearing from around Norman, based on also just uh, looking at the type of prospects we were dealing with. I mean, that recruiting class, uh, you know, your Spencer Rattler, your Sam Howell, like it's it is not really panned out. And uh, having conversations with people from within the recruiting industry, they remember even when all these guys were in high school that coming in the wake of Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and the rest of that quarterback class, it was a stark drop-off the following year. Now, if you are the number one quarterback in the class and there's no one else ahead of you, then you're probably going to be a five-star. You're going to be highly rated and there's going to be high anticipation for you. But – I think that the ceiling for Caleb Williams, I thought that the ceiling for Caleb Williams is higher. I did not know when he would be ready, when Lincoln Riley would be ready to turn the reins of the offense over. But I do think that with that change made, um, I I feel pretty confident in saying that it is Oklahoma, draw the line, and then we've got our crabs in the bucket. It's interesting, Chip, because Lincoln Riley's that quarterback whisperer. I mean, it just felt like he was – he was anguishing over making this move. Is that because he didn't want to go to a true freshman or he wasn't sure how Spencer Rattler would handle it? Like, what do you make of that? And then what's next for Spencer Rattler? 
I think that if Tanner Mordecai was in Norman instead of throwing 26 touchdowns for SMU, then uh, this would have been a very different situation, and he would not have been um, he would not have been reluctant, or, or maybe it just would have played out differently. But I do think that the quarterback depth for Oklahoma, the um, any consideration to the fact that if you go away from Spencer Rattler, that he would leave the program not at the end of the year, but immediately. And in that situation, you'd be dealing with a quarterback room where you've got a true freshman and I believe a walk-on. Uh, apologies if I messed that up. But uh, my understanding of the situation is that you really want to make sure that you do have both Williams and Rattler on the roster in case of injury. And that, uh, again, I go back to Mordecai. I think if he was there, uh, this would not have been such a difficult decision. Interesting. Chip Patterson's joining us. Cover 3 podcast, CBS Sports. All right, Chip, so of the other teams then, who do you look at as the team right now that is best suited to possibly meet Oklahoma in a Big 12 title game since you made it clear that you still think the Sooners should be the overwhelming favorites? So it's going to come down to these tiebreakers, right? I mean, that's the, like, if I was to power rank it, I still think that I like Iowa State. Um, maybe Texas would be able to get back, but I don't like where the Longhorns are at. They're definitely reeling. And Baylor is the, the, the real question mark here because I love, the, I love the way that this season has played out for the Bears. And I love it because you bring in a new offensive coordinator in Jeff Grimes and you start the season off with cupcakes. Like teams that are ranked outside of the top 100, if we look at the FBS through 130-team view – But I do think that that was very important for the new offense to really build up some confidence. I don't think that Baylor would be able to knock off Oklahoma, but just because of the way that team is playing right now at this point in the season and the kind of season they've had, I wouldn't be surprised if they get a couple of these really tough wins coming down the stretch to be able to show up uh, as the competitor in the Big 12 championship game. But right now I'm going to go with Iowa State. I think that we are going to sit back after Iowa State beats Oklahoma State by double digits, and we're going to go, oh, yeah, so they're 5-2, and two, and who are their two losses to? Oh, it's to an Iowa team that then eventually got all the way up to number two and a Baylor team that only had one loss going into the weekend. And you realize that I think that there was an overreaction to this top 10 Iowa State preseason projection, but when we land at the end of the season – Iowa State might be 9-3 and three and in the Big 12 championship game, and, hey, that's still an awesome place for the Cyclones to be. Give, and, me, give me Iowa State there. And why are you not buying Oklahoma State? Uh, because it is Kirkland brand Iowa. I don't know if you've got any <laughs> Costco's near you, but, yes. uh, you know, they, they rely on Jim Knowles' defense to set up short fields to make life easy on Spencer Sanders, and I, I think that that is just something that is – encouraging that they've been able to win the games that they have, but I do not think it is sustainable over 12 weeks. Interesting. All right, Chip Patterson's on the show. So before we continue with Chip, I hope you'll leave a rating and a review on this podcast. That's the only way to get a free Heartland College sports koozie. Leave me a rating and a review. Send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get you a free koozie in the mail as soon as possible. All right, I just got a huge order of 150. We're brought to you by our friends at mybookie.com. With the promo code BIG12, you can double your first-time deposit. That's right. 
Double your first-time deposit with our friends and our partners at MyBookie.com. You can't beat uh, the platform that they have, the ease of placing bets, parlays, whatever you want to do. I do it all at MyBookie.com. I mean, Saturday, you guys know you get my picks on Thursday. By the way, the picks are on fire right now, 4-1 and one last week. That means that we are 6-2 and two in our last two weeks of picks against the spread. You want to get on now. We're starting to hit the hot streak here, baby. And double that first-time deposit with MyBookie.com and our promo code, BIG12. That is BIG12 for that 100% sign-up bonus. All right, so get on it right now. Use it for the NFL Sundays as well. And it's the only place, the place that I place all my bets, MyBookie.com, promo code BIG12. Chip, as you look at the rest of this conference right now, You've got a couple of programs, teams, that that the fan bases are frustrated. You've got the Kansas State fan base that is not happy with how this team has played in conference play. West Virginia, TCU would be at the top of that list. Texas Tech possibly, although they're one win away from bowl eligibility. So which fan base should be has the right to be most frustrated right now in this league? West Virginia. Um, let's see. Let's go, like – the the Mountaineers are in this position where if you brought in Neil Brown and if you were expecting for Neil Brown to, to be able to really help – and look, they've not gotten very good quarterback play, so I don't want to put this all on the coach them, himself, but I do think that the, the way that this offense has struggled has got to be the number one thing that you are either fixing in the offseason or if you're even going to make it to the offseason that you need to sell – uh, your bosses on something that you are going to fix because the way that that team just turtles up sometimes, the inability to be able to score, even when the defense has done a good job of getting stops, uh, that is just a, a really, really woeful representation of a coach that I thought was going to be able to to be able to be able to have some offensive success uh, there. So I would say that Neil Brown is probably the the coach where the frustration seems the the most certain to me. I would actually, since you mentioned him, Kansas State, uh, I think is going to start racking up some wins coming down the stretch in a way that they land in a position where you're not as angry as you are starting with an 0-3 start in league play. I mean, Kansas State's win total in Las Vegas is 5.5. I still think Kansas State can make a bowl game. You mentioned Texas Tech. They've been able to take advantage of catching a couple breaks early. I think things are going to get a little bit more difficult. Texas Tech makes it to a bowl game in what was already coming into the year, a huge year for Matt Wells. So I would say that West Virginia is where fans are the the most uh, appropriately angry. And at Kansas State, I would say just chill out for a second. The schedule lightens up. And uh, as long as Kansas State can pick up a couple wins coming down the stretch, you're already going to be meeting or barely exceeding the preseason projections by the odds makers. Very interesting. Now, Gary Patterson is headed for a fourth straight mediocre season. The guy's got a statue outside the stadium, so I don't think he's going anywhere. But what's going wrong at TCU for a program that, uh, you know, recruits about the third best in the league? I mean, they've got top 25, top 30 recruiting classes, Chip, and it's just it's not gelling. In the last three years, it was the offense that was the issue, and now the defense is the problem. What What's going on there in Fort Worth, in your opinion? When TCU gets players with four-star um, or blue-chip ratings, I assume maybe unfairly that there's reasons why coming down the stretch in the recruiting process, those players didn't choose other programs. Gary Patterson's made a fine career 
out of, and I'm, I apologize if this is a little bit meaner, but I need to convey the point, and I think I can do it by saying open box special. Uh, Gary Patterson's been great at the open box special. I've got TVs in my house that were open box special. Hmm. Got a little nick on it. Who cares? It's fine with me. Uh, plays the game's just great. I, and I think that when you're dealing with that, it becomes even all that more important on your coaching uh, from the head coach all the way down to the position coaches and being able to uh, maintain the motivation, maintain the organization, maintain the type of things that are going to set up these players to be able to go and succeed. And so I look at it as a little bit of the – sometimes the risk-reward breaks the wrong way. Sometimes you make a few, uh, you know, a few decisions that don't end up panning out and it can end up really costing you. And so the, you're right in terms of pointing out a third mediocre year for Gary Patterson. TCU fans are frustrated. What do we go? Where do we go from here? All of those big-picture questions are very fair. And I don't know if you were to say – uh, imagine the future of TCU football without Gary Patterson. I, I don't know who would be on that wish list mm -hmm. for a TCU fan. I'm just, I, I'm not plugged into that mindset well enough. And I've just been so entrenched in the Gary Patterson era that it, I'm just not quite there yet. But I will say that one of my assessments of the current state of the TCU roster and the current state of TCU football performance goes back to the idea that while we can say, look at these recruiting rankings, I think we dig a little bit further into the details of it, and you're like, well, yeah, well, I mean, Zach Evans was a five-star. You're right. Zach Evans is the number one recruit uh, or one of the top-ranked recruits in program history. But Zach Evans also had all these other programs that decided to tail off at the last minute, and their decision to tail off was informed by their own evaluation. And I think that – all of that should be taken into consideration when we look at the raw recruiting data and use that as a reason to say Gary Patterson isn't delivered. After we look back on the 2021 season, will Texas Longhorns fans like the direction of the program under Steve Sarkeesian? Yes, because he can always provide um, the thrills and he can always provide the touchdowns. And we got one more year of Bijan, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that'll be fine. Yep. As long as number five's on the field. Texas fans will be able to show up on Saturday and know that they'll be able to see a show because that is, simply put, one of my favorite players in college football, one of the most electrifying players in college football. And depending on how the second half of the season goes, he might be a finalist for the award for the most outstanding player in college football, a.k.a. the Heisman Trophy. Interesting. Last one, we haven't uh, touched on him yet. Texas Tech, Matt Wells. I mentioned he's one win away from bowl eligibility, but – uh, probably be an underdog in every game. I, I, they're a one-point favorite, I believe, over K-State this weekend. But after that, it gets really difficult. they got to play Iowa State, the Oklahoma teams. So uh, what is – I mean, what's the story here with Matt Wells? I mean, uh, Matt Leach – or Mike Leach may have given this program unreasonable expectations, but what should those fair expectations be, and is Matt Wells reaching them? I think that you are encouraged from week one on – by the way that that Texas Tech team responded to the early deficit against Houston and the fact that this is not going to be a team in what many deemed a hot seat type year that is going to just roll over. They've had injuries at the quarterback position. They've taken a couple knocks, had a couple bad breaks, and they just don't quit. And I know that's so simple and like low-level analysis, but when we're talking about whether a head coach is connecting with the locker room, I think that's really important. So uh, you're right. I mean, in – 
I love that game because it is the flip side of uh, each other when you look at the schedule. Texas Tech had all the favorable games for the Big 12 schedule up at the front of the schedule. They've done a great job of taking care of business. They put themselves in a position to go bowling. Kansas State, some of its toughest games at the beginning of the schedule. The easier games are to come. Uh, they need to win this one against Texas Tech to give themselves a chance to go bowling. So they're a little bit of the inverse of each other, almost in a way where I wouldn't be surprised if they both finish uh, the conference season with similar records. Yeah, it's going to be fun to follow. Chip Patterson, Cover 3 Podcast. Love the guy's show, CBS Sports. Chip, it's great to have you on. Thanks for the Big 12 insight as always, my friend. We appreciate you. Sounds good. Y'all be well. Always love talking to Chip Patterson. Cover 3 Podcast, CBS Sports. Great job by him. Appreciate you guys and uh, joining us here each and every week. And don't forget about mybookie.com, our promo code, Big 12. That's Big 1-2. Gets you double your sign-up bonus right out of the gates. All right? They double your money. That's what they do in your account. And let me thank you guys for those ratings and reviews. We've got 530. Can we get the 600 by the end of the season? I think we can. And a shout-out to you guys leaving those ratings and reviews. Here's a uh, review from Big D. An inaccurate nickname, as he says. I find myself refreshing Spotify. Yes, I listen on Spotify. Redownloaded Apple Podcasts just to leave a review. That's very nice. At least twice a day to see if there is new content available. A host with no bias makes a big difference, unlike any other college football podcast I try and listen to. I found myself enjoying the Big 12 as a whole, a lot more since finding this podcast. Keep doing good work. Appreciate everything you do, Pete. Very nice. Thank you so much for that rating and review. Uh, It makes a huge difference, and it's why I want to give you guys a shout-out here on the show. Have a great rest of your day. I've got more, plenty more content coming your way this week, so be sure you're subscribed to the show and you're checking every day. You don't have to, you know, if you just have Apple Podcasts, all you got to do on iTunes is just subscribe, and then you get it sent to you. So you don't have to do what the listener does, refreshing two times a day on Spotify. But I do appreciate that. That's very nice of you. Very nice of you. All right, guys, have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. I'm Pete Mundo. We're heartlandcollegesports.com.